oil. Oh Lord, I know. Not, hey man, not you inflammable. She would get the the normal Crisco thing and put it on me, and I go off to school. Face just shining. <laughs> Your rap name is Little Crisco. <laughs> GJ and Max mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003 if you'd like to chime into the conversation. The Green Wave, what a win last night or yesterday. Jaquan Jackson across the 25, turns to the right, of the 30, finds the sideline, 40, away he goes. 50, to the 40, to the 30, stay going Jaquan, 10, 5, touchdown to Lane! Jaquan Jackson, 88 yards to the house. Steve Barrios is going to join us at 1.30. He's also part of that call along with Corey Gloria, voice of the Green Wave 115, Rafael Esparza. We've been playing a couple of interviews from after the game on the American Conference um, Twitter page. Morgan Uber was getting a couple of interviews with players. Going to hear from Nick Anderson, one of the players this season that try to get us all to buy in and believe that they were going to win the conference and, and get to this point. So, wait, fans, I want to hear from you. 800-998-1003 in the upper cervical family chiropractic hotline as well. We've also been talking about your New Orleans Saints. Can you believe it? They beat the number one team in the NFC, and then later that night for a second straight season, they win, go into the locker room, and watch that they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Made the plays on the field, though. He'll straight ahead one more time, and he's in for the Saints' touchdown. What an impressive opening drive for New Orleans in a must-win game and early score. It's Minshew. Puts his foot in the ground and goes down. Cameron Jordan, longtime team captain, gets Minshew. Minshew gets set from behind. It's Carl Granderson retreating and going downfield for the first time. He's got Shahid. Rashid Shahid first and goal. And getting 59 yards, yet another big play for Shahid. Number one in the NFL. He averages more than 20 yards per touch. Gardner Minshew steps up and gets sacked. No time to throw as Cameron Jordan gets the sack. Second down and eight. Quick throw is picked off. Marshawn Lattimore read it. And a pick six in his first game back. It's the first interception of the season by a Saints corner. And it might be a backbreaker against the Eagles. The fake... The pressure, the fumble, the sack. Cameron Jordan finishes it all off. 
So that was the Saints doing what they had to do on the field to get that win. Of course, Tampa Bay, though, coming back and beating Carolina. Tom Brady hitting Evans three times. Uh, it's incredible. So after the game, D.A., couple of players like Cam Jordan. First off, the sack record recorder. You heard Cam Jordan with three sacks there. You know, I'm a Fu Manchu Lorian, um, and I'm stepping into 2023 with the beautiful Fu Manchu intact. Um, it won't be here long. I'm over it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just overly happy and excited to give the Lord praise for waking me up this morning, giving me breath well into 2023. All of, what are we... 16 and a half hours into 2023, and we had, you know, three sacks today. That's one heck of a way to start off 2023. Don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, but January 1 was a good day. Hmm. So what does it mean for the Saints moving forward, though? I have no idea. <laughs> Again, I'm going to control what I can control, and I know we got Carolina coming up. We're going to, you know, take this 24 hours, good 24-hour rule in effect, um, go back home, enjoy – some apple cider, sparkling, sparkling apple cider with the kids and, and treat it like it's Happy New Year's that it is. Um, it's been a blessing to, you know, go home with a win on Christmas and New Year's. We're walking to 2023 with the win and we'll try and get the next one this upcoming week. Appreciate y'all. I'm leaving. <laughs> Cam Jordan. Uh, you also had this to say overall on getting the win. Yeah, uh, we got a win against a team that hasn't lost a lot. Uh, granted, it was uh, against Gardner Minshew and not uh, Jalen Hurts, but you know you, you have to play whoever you play. Um, I think that our, our D line was up to the challenge. Carl Granderson had what, like two sacks? You know, Caden had a sack, fell off one. I got the third one. Ah, appreciate him. Um, I think that uh, our defense showed up and showed out today. There was a, a crucial third and one that we needed, got that done. There was a crucial fourth and one that we needed, got that done. Um, I think our, you know, our unheralded heroes would be, of course, the uh, nose tackle shy Tuttle on that fourth and one big stop uh, against uh, a Pro Bowl caliber uh, center. Um, it, it takes it takes a whole team. You talk about you know Marshawn showing up and, and getting on the field and doing what he does. You love to see it. I've been you know you you heard him. I was pressing him for weeks. Um, but he you got to be right to play this game. You got to you know you got to be mentally acute, if you will, um, to, to be a part of that, that DB position. And when he's healthy, he's one of the best. Yeah, think he made a difference or what? First off, Lattimore, after the game, kind of touched a little bit on the injury to the end. Uh, so the ribs and the kidney. Not really coming nothing for it, but rested. So, you know, when I felt good, I got back out there. Was, did he need surgery or anything? Or was no, no surgery, just resting. There it is. And he said that it was tough, obviously, to not be able to play. Uh, it was hard. It was hard because I've been back to practice for like two weeks, and I just didn't feel it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was mad about that. Camping on me, saying he need me and everything. So, you know, it was just I got to get out there. You know, really, it was just like a leap of faith with this one. Like I still felt it a little bit, but you know, I had to be out there on my team. So, how did he eventually find out that he was healthy enough to go? Contact, uh, just all the movement and motion I got to do at corner. Uh, I just. Knew like when I was ready, you know. When it wasn't like, you know, they could tell me, "Oh, you ready? Go back out there." You know, I had to know for myself, and I felt like I was good this week. As far as injuries, does it happen? Uh, it's been hard, but you know, this will come with it. You know, I just know the NFL is a rough game anyway, so you know, I know it's gonna come with it. And it is what it is. I just gotta get over it. You know, every time I have a uh, situation like this. As far as his pick, it was something that he knew was coming. He just knew he had to know when 
to make his move. Uh, They've been doing it all game. You know, I just picked up on it. And so when, when it came to me, I had to get it. You know, I, I told my team that I owed them from the first half. You know, I owed them that. So, you know, I did it. You know, I got it done. As far as the defense, again, it's something that we've seen the last couple of weeks. Fighting their rhythm. I mean, we doing what we got to do. But as we know what type of team we is. And, you know, once we get get in our rhythm and do what we got to do, you know, everybody know what type of team we is. So, uh, I just give it the confidence to move forward. You know, that's it. We ain't really worried about nobody else. You know, you take a look at the statistics, too, of that game in the Saints. Um, 20 of 24 when it comes to the passing, right? They didn't exactly go out there and air it out. They, they knew exactly what the um, game plan was. That was to run the football. They run it. Uh, they rushed it for 130 yards. Kamara, 74 and 16 carries. Taysom Hill, 14 carries, 46 yards. You know, we're going to talk about this after next week. MVP of the season, MVP of the team. Like, Where is this team without Taysom Hill? When you think of, hey, we're going to make you a tight end. <laughs> to, yeah, we may need you a little bit more at running back. To, we're really going to need you to carry the ball here for us. To, can you do this as well? Can you throw the ball? Like, when you think about it, how many of us start coming into the season, Taysom Hill, you could argue, is a key reason they even have seven wins. Am I wrong on that? Here's Taysom on the run game. Yeah, I mean, I felt like everything was clicking, right? First and second down was was really good. So we got us in third manageable situations and and uh, had some really big third down conversions. But we ran the ball really well in that opening drive. And, man, if you can... If you can run the ball well, it sets everything up. Um, and we, we kind of saw that early in that game. And here is him on the win streak now. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a reflection of our leadership, you know, from, from the top down. I think if you see some of your leaders, coaches, or players that aren't giving, you know, what, what you expect or what you're used to seeing, you know, I think that can trickle. But I think it's been the exact opposite. I think you've seen guys – you know, put more into it and say, hey, the expectation is that we're going to go and put our best best foot forward, um, do everything we can to win every game. Um, and, and we've seen that. And, you know, it's nice to come out and have some momentum, have some confidence, um, you know, looking looking to the future. A day later, yesterday, head coach Dennis Allen kind of echoing that. You play this game to um, – I don't, I don't want to sound cliche, but, I mean, look, you play, to, you play this game to win. You know, that's, that's what our job is. That's, that's the chosen profession of all of us that are in the National Football League. Um, is, you know, we signed up to, to go and, and, and win. Um, and so, uh, I don't ever see that really changing around here. Um, you know, we're, we're going to go into this game and, and do what we need to do that gives us the best, what we feel like gives us the best chance to win. You know, and it's tough because, again, that's why I'm asking you, Saints fans. Like, how do you feel watching this? In terms of, did you, um, does this give you more confidence that maybe they're, they're not that far away? Does it get you more frustrated because this is kind of the way they should have played? Here's Dennis Allen on the fact that this game doesn't have playoff implications, quote unquote. It's meaningless from that standpoint. But he says he doesn't want to hear that. Yeah, well, look, nothing's meaningless. 
Right. You know, all these things, you know what I mean? Like all these things, all these things matter. Um, yeah, look, you look back and say, damn, I wish we'd have taken advantage of a couple opportunities that we had um, that, that we didn't take advantage of. But that's, you know, there's nothing that can be done about that now. So how do we learn that lesson, you know, so that as we progress and go in the future that we don't put ourselves in those uh, in those situations again? Um, and so, you know, a lot of times, you, you, you know, uh, you can you can learn a lot, you know, from your failures as much as you can from your successes. And so, you know, hopefully we look at this and say, you know, look, we had, we let some opportunities slip through our fingers, and no different than a game. You know, you get in a game, and when you have an opportunity, I said this a couple of weeks ago, you have an opportunity to put a team away, and you don't do it, you give them more chances, and then and so then you play the what if game. Um, but. Uh, uh, all we can control right now is how we finish out this season. And we talked about after the Tampa game, we said, look, we don't control our own fate in terms of the playoffs. Okay. What we do control is how we play the, the last four games. And we talked about, um, you know, trying to go 4-0. and Well, that's still out there for us. And so that's, that's where we're sitting right now. So how do you feel about it? About this team? What if they do go 4-0? Again, and, and then you look back at, that Tampa game, it was right there. Oh, it was right there, wasn't it? You can you can learn a lot, you know, from your failures as much as you can from your successes. So that part of the bite too, when you learn from the failures, what what are they this year? And I mean that in terms of I, I was thinking about it this morning. Look, the injuries are a real thing. And I understand every team deals with injuries. I know John Forcade who comes on Thursdays with us. He's been saying that too. Like everybody deals with it. I, and he's right. Um, that's something that you, you, again, for a second straight year, man, you're, you're missing a lot of key players. The offensive line, you know, I played earlier, GA going into that locker room and talking about the fact they were down three offensive linemen. They were down three offensive linemen. You saw Ramchek early in the game on the bike. You had no guards. Ruiz and Pete, they were out. It's incredible. Yet this team still ran the football at will when they needed it to. Um, so I think when you look at all of that, does it frustrate you more? Because <laughs> they're, they're capable. I mean, they went and beat Philadelphia, didn't they? They beat Philadelphia. They made the plays against Cleveland. Showed grit and toughness. I They had the Tampa game. Had it. Had it. They were way better in Atlanta. So I can understand if you're frustrated by the four-game win streak. Possible four-game win streak, right? Sports hangover. When we return, Rafael Esparza joins us next on ESPN New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. For most athletes, a gradual warm-up has very real benefits and can help prepare the body for a more intense exercise. A thorough warm-up helps to increase blood flow to the working muscle, which results in decreased muscle stiffness, reduced risk of injury, and often improved performance. 
An effective warm-up has a number of very important key elements. These elements work together to minimize the likelihood of sports injury from physical activity. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. You want to work for about 10 minutes and end your warm-up feeling well, warm, and sweating lightly. The purpose of the general warm-up is to raise the heart rate and your breathing. This also helps to increase the muscle temperature, which means your muscles are ready for more vigorous activity. The next step towards your best workout is sport-specific warm-up. The warm-up you do will depend on your sport. During this part of the warm-up, you should up the intensity, doing the same movements you'll be doing in your workout or event. For example, football players must work to stretch their hip flexors, quads, hamstrings, calves, trunk, glutes, and upper body. Each and every muscle throughout the body is used to maximize a football player's running, jumping, blocking, and catching potential. This series of stretches can capture each of these movements to better prepare the athlete for his position. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting in Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Question. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? And would you seat them in a car seat that's not the correct one? Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. More info at safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. Tech. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Raphael Esparza, VSI Doc Sports, is the way to chime into the conversation. Uh, as he does on the upper cervical family chiropractic hotline. Raphael, how are you today, man? I am doing well. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Um, we, we heard from the professor's wife, Lisa, who was a trainer, um, and experienced a situation similar to what Damar Hamlin did. You, you've spoken before. You have some, some issues that you can kind of, kind of relate to that. It was pretty scary yesterday seeing that, huh? That the heart's nothing to mess with. No, I mean, especially as a guy that's been uh, paddled before. I mean, that's why I was like, post the game shouldn't even be played. I mean, just because, A, 
the players saw that. Uh, my ask my twin brother what he saw, and uh, and he and he would tell you the same thing. You don't uh, want to see that uh, for anything. So uh, I, I was even shocked when they said CPR on the field that they were even thinking about playing the game. Oh, they're going to take a five minute break when half the when half the players were in tears. Right. I, I was just totally blown away that they were even thinking. About playing, it was funny. Someone asked me today this morning. I did an interview, and someone asked me, "Well, what is it, on an oddsmaker point of view? What, what do you look at?" I don't. I look at it as a human being. I mean, I wasn't looking at it like, "Oh, we have to postpone postpone the game and give everyone refunds." That was the last thing on my mind. I was I was like everyone else. Breathe. I hope this guy breathes on his own. I hope this guy can wake up and see his mom and dad and uh, family members the next day. That was the last thing on my mind. Was a finish the game and b what are you going to do about bets? Yeah, that was literally what a lot of people were expressing late last night. So again, I conditioned still what it was last night in critical condition, a uh, critical condition after suffering the cardiac arrest. So let's talk a little football over the weekend. You, you had all the bowl games. You had the national semifinals play out there as well. Raphael, in years past, the national semifinal games were not fun. They were blowouts and it wasn't anything that you kind of remembered. You know, maybe you were lucky to get a game or two that was a part of it. That wasn't the case, man. Both games were incredible. 51-45, to TCU and Michigan. That was a back-and-forth battle. Georgia and Ohio State, many feel Ohio State blew that game. They, they were the better team, just didn't get the wins. But uh, Georgia found a way, man. What do you make of that one? 42-41 on one end, 51-45 on the other. Where did what about Georgia's defense? The best in the SEC, best in all football. They gave up forty-one points, and I I totally agree. Ohio State gave that game away. They should uh, won that game. TCU, Michigan. I just thought uh, Michigan. Once they called that one touchdown back, that totally left the air out of, yeah. of Michigan because that would have been a totally different ball game if they that uh, if that butt right? crack had made had, if he had a little bit more hair on his butt. I think they would have called it a touchdown. Was that a touchdown? I mean, it looked like a touchdown. I thought it, I, it looked like a touchdown to me, but I mean, after that, it was all downhill for Michigan. And it, Cause that would have been totally completed, uh, a different, uh, storyline for the whole game if that's a touchdown. So, I mean, TCU hands them don't, I'm not giving anything to TCU. Uh, they ran all over Michigan, which Michigan, the best defense in the Big Ten. Well, they gave up a half a century. So if you're looking at defense in Georgia and the offense of TCU, just because it's 13, 13 and a half, uh, maybe taking those plus points on the Horn Frogs because Georgia's defense did not impress me. Yeah, the uh, the championship game will be on Monday, the ninth. TCU and Georgia Bulldogs, twelve and a half point favorites. We've got some time before that happens. Alabama played here in the Sugar Bowl, forty five twenty, in a game that you know Bryce Young, three hundred twenty one yards, five touchdowns. Look, it's one or two, right? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. I, 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 w- I left that game impressed after watching Ohio State and Georgia as well because, again, Georgia, SEC, the defense, NFL-caliber defensive players, and I thought he was working them. So based on that bowl game, you, you know how it is, what you saw last, who goes one, who goes two? Yeah, that's a good one because Williams looked really, really good yesterday. I feel bad for the guy that threw for 462 yards, five touchdowns, and loses the game on defense. But I want to give hats off to both Young and Williams. They had every chance to say, you know what, we're going to prepare for the NFL. We're not going to play in this game. And they hats off. They played, and they balled out, both of them Young. So I got Young and Williams 
uh, hats off for playing this bogey. You had, you had every right to say, you know what, I'm going to concentrate on the NFL, collect my money, collect my coin uh, right now. But hats off for both those young guys that said, hey, you know what, I'm playing for my team. I'm playing for the, the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on what I'm going to wear after the draft and get millions. Congratulations for both Williams and Young. All right. Well, let's take a look at the NFL slates. And well, I got to I want to cut you off really quick. Yeah. Tulane. Yeah. I want to. I drove in the fog, complete knuckle to knuckle on the steering wheel with a load in my pants to make it to my home to watch the Tulane game. Driving in St. Augustine, Jacksonville, at five in the morning to make sure I can watch that game, uh, and it was well worth almost uh, pooping my pants and my knuckles still hurt from holding the steering wheel because I've never seen fog that thick. Me neither. Uh, just driving. Uh, from Florida back to New Orleans. So hats off to uh, the Green Rave. And what a fourth quarter. That's uh, Hats off to them. Back and forth it went, man. It was really incredible when you looked at um, the way those two teams played for sure. Um, let's look back at Sunday's action a little bit here. 20-19, Falcons beat the Cards. I mean, that, that's it for Clingsbury, right? I mean, he's done. Done, 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 done. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a Monday casualty. I would not be shocked. Uh, it's funny. I talked to an NFL exec a couple of years ago, and he knew I was an odds maker. And he's like, "You guys actually put up." He was asking all these questions about what odds they put up. He's like, "You actually put up over under odds for coaches being fired uh, the Monday after the last week." I'm like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "That's why a lot of people fire their coaches before that Monday to to give you guys a little uh, a smirk and say, "Hey, we beat you." So. I would not be shocked if Kingsbury is not a black money casualty. I would not be shocked if he's fired for sooner. What about the Lions, man? 41-10. to 10. Improved to 8-8. Eight and eight. Coach Campbell, man, they, they got a shot, huh? Yeah, even if they don't, we're finally talking about Detroit Lions football and not laughing after we're talking about Lions football. So even if they don't make it, I was just – Pleased to watch them. Golf got a second career uh, out of in Detroit. Their defense improves, uh, only giving up ten points. So Bears' offense that was scoring a lot of points. Uh, Lions. I can't wait to see what they do next year. It's the last spot that's available: Seattle, yeah. Detroit, Green Bay, all eight and eight. And let's see what happens, right? I mean, yeah, you got to play. Be fun. It's, it's incredible when you think of it uh, that it comes down to that and. Detroit's at Green Bay in the Sunday night game. I mean, it, it is for a chance to essentially go to the playoffs there as well. But, you know, I mentioned Seattle as a, another team that that's been a surprise this season, right? With what the Seahawks been able to do. And they go out and get the win over the Jets 23 to six. Man, uh, New York went from a, hey, we're going to the playoffs to a, oh man, they didn't score in the second half. Yeah, that was uh, a very interesting game. But again, hats off to Seattle. Do you think they read the Denver newspapers uh, on Monday and laugh about what could that could have been them? So uh, hats off to the Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks for because everyone put them dead in water. Everyone made fun of it, including myself. Geno Smith is your quarterback. I can't believe he's still collecting a paycheck. Blah blah blah. Including myself, I'm eating crow. Hats off to the Seahawks. What does it say about Derek Carr if the Raiders put up 34 points? The offense looked spectacular. They lose 37-34, but I mean, should I be concerned if I'm a if I'm a Saints fan saying, "Hey, bring in Derek Carr"? He looked good in uh, uh, gold and black. I think uh, Carr. I mean, I still want Jimmy G, but uh, I can see Carr. No, I, I mean, I, I I actually like the situation that they did. They let him leave and, and, and get straightened out stuff like that. People are like, "Oh, you should still be with the team." 
and all that. Uh, I talked to my sources in Vegas. It was mutual. They said both would be good if he left and didn't have to see it all and hear it all, especially in a locker room. So uh, finally, I think Vegas finally did something correctly on a, on a negative situation. Are they going to seek a trade or are they going to just release him? Uh, they're probably going to hope for a trade and no one's going to want to trade him and, and they'll probably just release him. He'll be a, right. ca- he'll be a cap, a cap casualty. How about the Jags, man? 31 to three, eight and eight. You were just over there in Jacksonville. Is there, is there a sense of, uh oh, could, could they really be a playoff team almost? I was talking to you and they're selling playoff tickets like a week ago already. They're not even in the playoffs. My brother-in-law is a huge Jacksonville Jaguar fan. They're talking, they're not talking playoffs. They're talking Super Bowl possibilities there. The town went completely uh, nuts uh, over there, but it's, I'm happy to see, uh, I'm going to win some games. Uh, like I said, I was there pretty much uh, for a long extent of time. Got to see and hear a lot of stuff, but I'm excited for Jacksonville. Like I said, maybe they can uh, pull things around. And maybe win a playoff game, but the, 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 finally their their long streak quarterback of the Goldilocks is probably finally playing some good football. <laughs> Poor Roy. Have you seen Roy? I haven't seen Roy lately. Twenty three, twenty one. Pats over the Dolphins. Um, what's that? Five straight. I lost. I lost count. They, they hadn't won in a while. I think they went winless in December. Yeah, they went winless in December, and I mean, everyone's gonna say, "Oh, what, what if? What if? What if Tua didn't get hurt?" The whole situation at the beginning of the season, which which is. Is, I would think part of the reason, but some of the part of the reason their defense just couldn't stop anyone, and especially in the month of December. I mean, you let the Patriots score 23, which the Patriots can barely score 20 plus points in a game. So I, I have, I think a defense has a lot to do with that. What were the odds the Giants were going to the playoffs because they clinched? Yeah, at the beginning of season, not. They were probably plus, I'm thinking probably around plus five to one, um, that they, they, w- they would go to the playoffs. But again, we've had this conversation. Barkley is the main reason. That's why I think he should be comeback player of the year with ease. Uh, and I know a lot of Geno Smith could steal that away as well, but it's because of Barkley. I mean, they were able to run the ball and Daniel Jones didn't have to do everything like he had. Granted, right. I can't believe he, right. He was a leading rusher yesterday with 91 yards. That kind of shocked me a little bit, but <clears throat> there is another team exciting to watch. Did that Packers win over the Vikings 41 to 17 be the reason why so many people just can't buy Minnesota? I mean, that was a beating. Yeah, I could see that, but Minnesota's a totally different team in the playoffs. You know that as well as anyone that they're a totally different team in the playoffs, but it's, I was, it's a Glambo field and it's cold and windy. That's a tough place to play. And now the Lions have to experience that this coming week. That's why, uh, Green Bay, is a nice four and a half, probably going to be five, five and a half point favorites by right. kickoff uh, on Sunday. But I think it's more of a Packers just rolling right now more than the Vikings. It's going to Lambeau Field. It's a tough, it's a tough place. Somebody forgot to tell the Chargers to please lose. Uh, or do, or do you still think, or is it done? I mean, is it nowhere they're firing Brandon Staley now? Yeah, there's nowhere they're firing. Is there 10, they're in double digits. They have 10 wins. They can go 11 and six. They ain't got to fire. 11 and 6, and I don't well, care what go, Sean, Sean Payton only has one Super Bowl. Why are you going to mess up a nice culture for bringing a guy that only has one Super Bowl? Yes. Greatest coach of all time. Remember oh, that geez. when you go on different yeah. shows. Oh, um, I'll remember that. Are we going to look back at the move that, that Pittsburgh D did in starting Pickett as one that's going to pay off for them? Man, that, that was a heck of a play and a performance by Pickett. 
Even though the yeah, was like 15 completions, 168 yards, but you can see in that game, that was a physical conference game, and he made that play, man. He shined on the road for a rookie to do that in Baltimore. He shined, but I was more impressed with Najee Harris. He probably had the best game of his career in on the road. I mean, he rushed for 11 yards. I think he had, what, 15 to 20 yards receiving. Blocked really, really well. Both running backs blocked really well to get Pickett some kind of protection. So, Overall, it was a really, really impressive win for Pittsburgh. Now get a W. I mean, uh, give your give your head coach a buff five hundred record. There it is. Hey man, always appreciate it when you uh, join us. We'll talk again at the end of the week, and hopefully, we'll do some sushi soon, huh? No, no Saints talk. No Saints playoff talk. What? Nothing. You know what? Stop it. You know that. <laughs> Take it easy. Have a great week. Steve Barrios, the Hall of Fame color analyst for Tulane. Greenway football. What was it like from his spot up there in the press box and broadcast booth yesterday? We'll talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So, you've got an oil change coming up. Consider STP Conventional High Mileage to save on motor oil for your everyday vehicle. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP oil filter for only $26.99. Do the complete job for the right price. Get the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back, too. Your good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Simply free. Don't those two words go together nicely? Especially when they describe the very best in daily money management. At SL Bank, our Simply Free checking account provides you the tools you need to manage your account and to make life a little easier. Want to know more about Simply Free checking? Just talk with us today at SL Bank. Member FDIC. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. Live of the hands by Brad. He's looking to throw. Three-man rush. Delayed blitz over the middle. And it's caught. Jaquan Jackson across the 25. Turns to the right. at the 30. Finds the sideline. 40. Away he goes. 50. To the 40. To the 30. Stay going, Jaquan. 10. 5. Touchdown to Lane. Jaquan Jackson. 88 yards to the house. 
That was just one of the many highlights in that game yesterday. Tulane, what a win for the Green Wave. Steve Berrios, you were there, sir, and witnessed the 46-45 win. First off, man, good afternoon to you. How are you? Thanks, Gus. Doing great, man. It's, uh, you know, still still on cloud nine. It's just been a magical season and uh, capped off by just an unbelievable comeback and win in the Cotton Bowl against a team like uh, USC with the Heisman Trophy one, just, uh, you just can't put it into words. You know, and, and that's why I'm having you on, to try to give me some perspective. We're going to speak with Jimmy Ordno coming up at 2.05. He was a member of the undefeated season. You called the games during that undefeated season here as well. Is there similarities, or is it two completely different things since you heard players say, look, we're, we want to be a team in which eventually people compare us to? That's exactly right, Gus. You know, back in um, you know back in January, it started when Nick Anderson said that we were going to win a conference championship, and you know everybody kind of rolled their eyes. But in August, uh, you know, at a press uh, presser, I heard Nick Anderson say that uh, you know we want this 2022 team to be a team that we're compared to, that we're the standard. You know, not just the '98 team or the the 73 team that beat LSU for the first time in, in 25 years or the 70 Liberty Bowl team that was the first bowl game in 35 years. So that was the mindset of this team. It was a uh, player-led, you know, captains of this team led this team. And, and sure enough, you know, it came to be uh, we won the conference championship and we go to the Cotton Bowl and, right. you know, we defeat one of the most storied teams in uh, college football. And it's not like, um, again, I'm, I'm not comparing or contrasting, but Purdue didn't have a lot of players. It wasn't like you played a team that had a lot of opt-outs. I mean, that was the Heisman you saw. Why he was the Heisman with a lot of the plays there as well and how explosive they were. I mean, the guy threw for 462 yards and five TDs. And the only reason and only way you could be in that game is if you made plays, Steve. And that's what I talked with Coach Fritz earlier in hour number one about the ability of this team to answer back down 14 twice in this game and it wasn't just a little play there were big runs big receptions catch and run touchdowns like we just heard safeties interceptions i mean they were they were game changing plays yeah they really were and and as you said Gus you know being down 14 oh twice uh you know that that play you just heard by uh Jaquan Jackson was was huge that tied the game up but but then, you know, they go up again 28-14. Tajay runs in. He scores as 28-14. And eventually it comes down to where it's 45-30 to with four minutes left to play. And, you know, if you were writing a, a movie script, you, you couldn't have scripted it any better. You know, the guy muffs a uh, kickoff at the one-yard line. And then Tulane needs to score twice, so... They get the safety, and then we get the ball back. All right, and on that game-winning drive, you know, Pratt's got to convert two fourth-down situations, one a fourth and six, the other one a fourth and ten. He converts both of them, and then uh, he hits Ballman in the end zone, and that play is under review. But initially, when we saw the first replay right. of it, we knew that it was going to be a touchdown, wow. and uh, I tell you what, it was just it was just an incredible comeback and win. How about that eruption from the crowd when the referee raised his arms up? It was fabulous, you know. Where where we were, our booth, Gus, was in a very, very bad 
situation. We were very high in a corner of the northeast end zone, and so we really couldn't see the number of fans that we had there. And <laughs> right. I, I think uh, when they announced something, the USC, USC fans gave a cheer, and we, me and Corey looked at his, each other and said, man, we're going we're gonna to be uh, outnumbered fan-wise. And then they did the <laughs> same thing for Tulane. And the cheer was even louder. Yeah. Okay. So it was such a great turnout for Tulane, and uh, they made some noise uh, the entire game. And man, when the officials raised his hands after that review, it just went crazy. Yeah, I, it's one of my favorite things I've done in the last twenty-four hours. I just literally touch it, uh, touch, type in touchdown Tulane in Twitter to get videos from fans in the stands. Here's one, Steve. <laughs> That's an unbelievable reaction and explosion. And then to see just, I mean, people crying, emotions, all of that. Look, I, I wanted you on for perspective here. You've seen an undefeated team, as I mentioned, all those things. I think it's the biggest win in Tulane football history for a reason or two, mainly where it's at, right? College football's changed the last several years. So I know the win over LSU. I know the undefeated season. But... The college football playoff is coming in two years. It's coming. 12 teams. You win your conference. You get ranked high enough. You're invited. You're in. You're going to be able to play for a national championship. Tulane's never had that opportunity, even if it went undefeated, as you saw, Steve. And by winning that game, you're now going to be able to, you know, whether it's facilities, more interest in fans, um, more interest in alum that can cut checks, things of that nature, NIL, getting better players. This kind of jump starts you and puts you on the path to, hey, you can compete with these teams. You can play with these teams. And in two years, you can maybe start playing for national championships. That That's why I think yesterday was massive. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, of course, the standard has been the 98 team. But you know, people forget that the 98 team, Tommy Bowden's first year in 97, he comes in, he goes 7-4, and four, okay? Then he goes undefeated in 98 and leaves. Last year, Tulane went 2-10. and 10. This year, they go 12-2, and two, the first football team in FBS history to go from 2 wins to 12 wins. That's, that's unbelievable. That's incredible. So now... You know, the stage is set. Uh, it, it's had a great impact on recruiting. And after winning the Cotton Bowl yesterday, you know, everything is in motion for, you know, recruiting, for donations. Yep. And, of course, you know, Coach Fritz. Uh, I got to say this, Gus. You know, Coach Fritz won the Dodd Trophy for the Coach of the Year. And, and let, me, let me give you the qualifications, okay? Scholarship, leadership, and integrity, which I – which I equate to loyalty. You know, he had the chance to go to Georgia Tech, but they wanted they wanted him to commit and decide the week before the championship game, and he turned him down. That that's integrity to me. I thought that that was the case, Steve, and I was going to ask you that, having a chance to be in Dallas a couple of days to be able to either talk with coach or people around the athletic department like Troy about the plans moving forward, adding to the facilities and things of that nature. But I, I said it at the time. I, I remember looking at Anna, I'm like, he turned them down because they wanted him to play this week. And the last thing he would have wanted 
was for this team to be distracted. I think it bothered him. I think it bothered him enough that he turned that down. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it really does. You know, so that that shows, um, you know, his integrity, his loyalty to the program, and I think that decision also influenced guys like Michael Pratt and Cecilia Hainsworth to come back next year. Steve, those two players are, are, are going to be key coming next year, and we talked about Pratt's resiliency, but man, Tajay Spears on that stage, that platform, four TDs. And two hundred two two hundred two yards. I mean, that, I've asked you earlier in the season where you put him. Well, famed uh, running backs at two lanes had man. You know he's got to be up in the top two. You know for sure. Uh, to me, you know Matt Forte uh, is number one, but Tajay has really moved up to number two. But the thing about Tajay, Matt Forte, Moeldy Moore, those guys all exhibited the same qualities okay just an unbelievable work ethic uh, unbelievable commitment to the team uh being humble so you know tajay really does you know move up he just had an incredible season and you know i just heard an interview with him post game and how much he uh he really appreciated coach fritz taking a chance you know he tore his acl in high school so Uh, and then he tears it again, you know, with Tulane against uh, Southern really? Miss. Yeah. But uh, Coach Rich believed in him. And I had the opportunity to interview him. That was one of my assignments was to interview different players the week of the Cotton Bowl. And I said, you know, I said, Tajay, you, you, you've got an invitation to the Senior Bowl. You know, you're definitely going to be drafted. What was your thinking and not opting out? And he said, I never gave that a thought. He said, I love my teammates. I love Tulane. You can't abandon your family. So there was not even a thought of not playing in this game. Yeah, Coach Fritz actually mentioned that when we spoke with him back at 1215. And, you know, Steve, it's, it's, I guess, like when you think about it first, you're like, well, of course they win. This is their biggest game that they've ever played. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's a, Coach Fritz said he told him to go. Tajay wanted to come back. And he's like, no, you're, you're going to the league, man. And, and try to, you know, make a career out of this. But it, it is incredible when you think about it. If something were to happen to him in that game, you know, how it would affect him. I mean, your your bigger name players can kind of maybe go over that or not. But overall, man, the, the experience had to be something else for you. When you look back at the season, you had that sheet. So it's a little crinkled now. It's a little yellow with some stains, some ketchup, whatever. But that checklist, man, it, is it fully checked off all those boxes now? Is it completed? Uh, pretty much, gosh. You know, we're going to have to wait and see about the new format. But this, this is my 40th year doing radio, and uh, you know, this is what I told you know Corey and a bunch of guys, including Coach. I said, "Hey, this is a heck of a way to turn 40." I love it, man. Heard that yesterday in the broadcast. It had to be something else. Steve, thank you for joining us throughout the season on Tuesdays, man. I, I thought about you. I know the Graf and I were talking about it before the game yesterday uh, with the Pelicans. It just it, it has to be something special for you, man. No doubt. It really is. Like I say, this this moves this 2022 team to be now the team that all future teams have to be compared to. There it is. Well put. Thank you, Steve Barrios, man. Appreciate it, sir. All right, good. Great. There he goes. Quick break. We come back. We'll be joined again. Open phone lines if you'd like to chime into the conversations. The Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans.
It's the Big Finish Sales event right now at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. 5. Check the water first if a child goes missing. 6. Stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number 7. Swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Oh, big talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800 998 Buddy, we'll take your phone calls on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. As always, appreciate you chiming into the conversation. Saints, they beat the Eagles. Does it change your opinion on them at all? They will take on the Panthers in a meaningless game or not. Is it meaningless or not? Dennis Allen said it's not meaningless. That's not something that he feels is not as well. We'll get to Jimmy here in a quick second. Professor, is the game meaningless to you? No. Not at all. Uh, I think they gotta finish, they wanna finish strong, build on next season. So 100% it's an important game, especially coming into the game with a win streak. You know, you end the season, what, winning four in a row? That gives you a good outlook on next year and gives you some stuff to think about on the off season. And for Dennis Allen, of course it's important because he wants to keep his job. <laughs> Do, do, you, do you think there's still a doubt on that? I, I I mean, I think if the people inside the building in the organization or were were leaning to, hey, you know, it's just bad luck. It, it was a it was an off day. It's the injuries and all that. And, and they and you know, look, if you talk to people that cover this team, they want him to succeed. Yeah, like it's do, not like they did their job, you know. Well, that's they, what I'm saying. Like, do you see like? By winning three games, should have won four. If you go back to Tampa, I I do think if there's people in that building that were like pro Dennis Allen, they're convinced now of Dennis right. Allen. 
Yeah, I think so. But then the court of public opinion is still out there. <laughs> I feel like if you're if you're the New Orleans Saints organization, you want to take the pulse of the fans because yeah. that's one organization, if any, in the league where the fans are super important to how the, the season ebbs, how the team ebbs and flows. Yeah. And so they want to take the pulse of everybody else. And if you take the pulse of the fans, there are a lot of people who think Dennis Allen should go. If you end the season with the win and a four game win streak, really, if I, yeah, like if you end the season with a four game win streak, then you, you kind of say to yourself, okay, so let's think about this for a second. If there weren't the injuries, if there wasn't everything with Jameis, if they had the quarterback in place, yeah. then how different could this season could have been for the New Orleans Saints? That's right. Jimmy and Gretna, thank you for joining us, sir. How are you? Hey, how y'all doing? Doing great. Yeah, look, first off, let me say uh, congratulations to Tulane football, man. I know your Southern Miss Golden Eagles uh, beat them. I think if they played them ten more times, Tulane might beat them nine out of ten or maybe more. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah I, I, congratulations to them. That, that's what a threshold quarterback, a quarterback who's got 25 or more starts, will do for you in college football. I've always been a believer in that. And, you know, yeah, Tulane's had some good quarterbacks, but Pratt coming back next year, probably a top 15 preseason team. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what the deal is with Spears. Is Spears going to come back? No. He's um he's done. If you list, uh, Coach um, Willie Fritz actually suggested, and he even said it in our interview at 2015. So yes, he yeah. actually said that. He was like, look, yeah, yeah, you want to go. And I agree. I agree with that because is it going to get any better than beating the Heisman guy almost single-handedly? Because, I mean, Pratt had a hell of a game. The tight end caught the ball. But if it wasn't Spears breaking oh, yeah. off six yard runs and 35 well, Jimmy, you heard runs, me brought it. You, you heard me bring it up to, to Coach Fritz and Professor. I Did you think Michael Pratt only completed eight passes? Like, I, you, yeah, <laughs> I would have thought it was him. more than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you watch that yeah, game, jumping, it seems like I'm, he did a lot more. But the running game of Tulane, which they talked about during the broadcast, Incredible. Okay. It, it really would help them to that victory, but them not quitting. It was more about their will than anything else. Hey, I'm, I'm jumping from subject to subject here. What's the status of Zion's hamstring last night? What, what's up with that? Just a strain right hamstring, um, is what coach, um, Willie Green said after the loss, okay, uh, yesterday. So. And let's see. I have it. I have it. I have it. But yeah, it's just a, it's a strained right hamstring is, is what he has. Okay. So he's going to play tomorrow night or what? I seriously doubt it. I mean, this is what coach said right here. Um, right now, just right hamstring strain, right hamstring strain. So that, that's the update we have. I mean, I, a week. I mean, I mean, I'm just a regular hammy, right? Professor. I mean, I'm, does Lisa know what a hammy goes for? I mean, it just depends really how he feels today and recovery and all that other stuff moving forward. But, you saw him cross um, the center court line and then just immediately reach for the back of his right leg and then got rid of the basketball and just kind of stood over in the corner and he subbed himself out. So, I mean, I there's I I would seriously doubt you know, yeah. Despite you know, right. unless Mister Miyagi but, comes back, you know, and and, uh, and oh, helps yeah. him that he's playing tomorrow, <laughs> you wouldn't play him. I think against Houston anyway, if he's remotely injured. I mean, you'd love him to come back against Brooklyn, but. Here, here's the problem too, Professor and Jimmy, with an injury like that. And you've seen the way he's been playing, the style he's been playing this year, and how he got injured. It, it's, he, he's pointing Zion, he's assisting, he's pushing the tempo, he's one of the faster players. I have a fear that that could be 
a multi-week injury to make sure that he's ready to go because the last thing you want is to go out there and pull it again and now you Pete Werner. Now you're, you know, these guys that they gets injured again quickly. If there's one guy that yeah. you don't want to constantly get injured in Zion, yeah. so you want his rest, yeah. but one thing he's shown you that they can, they can still exist without Zion Williamson. Well. <laughs> well, they had yeah, their times where they Brandon played well. Ingram better be back soon. Let me tell you something. That Brooklyn game Friday yeah. in Dallas on Saturday without Zion, vaya con Dios. I mean, I. Hey, I mean, let, hey guys, let me wrap this up with the Saints here. I, I obviously, I, I guess Dennis Allen's official will be coming back, and I, you know, look, I'm not the biggest fan, but at the same time, I don't blame him. And I look at the quarterback situation all year. Look, Andy Dalton is 35. He's serviceable. He's a game manager. He's on the back end. But keep in mind, you know, again, a lot of franchises go decades in quarterback. Okay? Will he be our starter next year? Possibly. Uh, I don't know if Winston's coming back. I'm not a big fan of Winston. I think there's a spot in the NFL for Winston, but I don't. I think he's on the back end of the top starting quarterback option for uh, you know, Dalton is the top 25 all-time pass. He's in the top 25, believe it or not. Now, I think he just passed Boomer Esiason of all-time passing. So, you know, some people say, like, Dalton's, like, and I'm not saying a bust, but his career wasn't that impressive. But when I look at he wasn't the reason they lost that Monday night game that obviously lost the playoff run, right? I mean, it's like Ingram steps out, the defense is hold, and Dalton isn't lights out, but... I, you know, there, the question will remain, you know, look, you can get tickets for this final game for 10, 15 bucks on stuff, okay? Because there's nothing on the table. T- 10 bucks? 10 game. bucks? Is that what you, you said? Go, 10, 15 bucks. 10, 15 bucks. <laughs> something like that. Okay, my point is this. Gail Benson and the Brass have to ask themselves, is bringing Dalton back as a starter going to sell season tickets? The answer to that is no. But what other options do they have? Do they right. go splash and try to find somebody who's going to sell them tickets? There's a lot of Winston fans to me that, although I'm not a fan of Winston, would attend games as a starter from a business perspective, okay? Now, I guess whoever bought season tickets already this past year, they bought them and whatever. It is what it is. But going into next year, you're not going to – drafting quarterback is a major crapshoot, okay? It's a major crapshoot. not anything locked in. Look at – just about to cut their second overall pick from, like, just shows you, again, the Browns, the Jets, they've gone decades between good quarterbacks. Decades. Bernie Kozar, Vinny Testaverde. It's been a long time. So, for anybody who wants a post-Drew Brees solution, real quickly at the quarterback position, uh, I think the thing about Dalton is this. Two interceptions in the last seven games, I think it was. And, you know, Winston has the bigger arm, but he has a propensity to hold the ball kind of long, takes more sacks. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, because because of lack of time, I think um, I think the fact that he hasn't played that relationship is severed. I think the releasing. Oh yeah. I mean that that's done for. I think Dalton, if you know Dennis stays, is your quarterback next year to start the season or at least go into the the off season. Competing for the starting role with whoever it is that you draft or bring in, it's a young QB. I, I mean, that that to me just seems like the most logical, financial, and reasonable thing, huh, Professor? To oh yeah, one hundred percent. Hey guys, you hey, know, you, hey, let me say this: a weird thing about Andy Dalton. So, what was that, Jimmy? Hey, let 
Let me say this real quick. Congratulations to Cam Jordan for breaking Ricky Jackson's record. I wish yep. you would have done it at home. Yeah, no doubt about it. Thank you, Jimmy, for the phone call. Yeah, Ricky Jackson had that sack record. Now it's Cam Jordan's. Um, is it his last year with the Saints? Oh, is, is it his last season in the league? That, that's a good question. Do you think he plays somewhere else, maybe a chance for another Super Bowl or a Super Bowl? If he doesn't, I mean, either he goes somewhere else for a chance at another Super Bowl or he just calls it a day. Yeah. I, I don't he, think he calls it a day. I think he wants that Super Bowl ring. Uh, hit the top of the hour. We'll touch on, on it again. We'll, we'll discuss that here coming up. Jimmy Ordno, though, will join us as he discusses what it was like to go undefeated with Tulane and then be on the field yesterday and see us, uh, and see them win against USC. We'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. ESPN 100.3 and Penn Entertainment present Wanna Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison. Each week, the professor and his guests take a look at the best bets in sports and show you that it doesn't take a professional odds maker to win a mint. Plus, the show will be coming to you live from Boomtown Casino on the West Bank. You can join in the fun, get in on the action, and have a taste of the Big Easy with Nola Steak and Executive Chef Lewis Brown. Wanna Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison. Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 FM. ESPN New Orleans. Ontario, Douay, Ontario. More than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio Douay Ontario to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio Douay Ontario at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. along Bayou Lafouche in Golden Meadow. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003, hour number three of the Sports Hangover. As a buddy, I just gave you Jimmy Orno's desk number. We'll hear from him. This is Nick Anderson after the game. Linebacker for this two-lane team. Nick, as you're on the sidelines watching your offense on that final drive, what was going through your mind? I just was sitting there praying, and I never doubted him. I never doubted him. I knew God wouldn't bring us this far just to cut us short. 
man, just the Michael Pratt, Alex Barman being a, a true freshman and going out there and making key plays, scoring the game-winning touchdown, and also being able to go out there and make plays on fourth down really just shows the future for this program. And I'm just happy to see this, happy to see these fans filling up this stadium. Man, we did this for the city of New Orleans, the university, these fans, and, man, it, it's a blessing. It's a true blessing. The entire game until the final six minutes of that fourth quarter, this defense had a hard time stopping Caleb Williams. What was the difference late? Just overall just having that mental edge to say we didn't come this far to lose. We didn't come this far to let it slip from us and just having a fight. You know, we was off a month of football, so we didn't play perfect, but we played hard, we played fast, we played physical. Now to be here standing in this confetti, surrounded by teammates, fans, what will you remember most about this game today? Just seeing the smile on everybody's faces, man, and knowing that the job is done. We did it. We got it done by the grace of God, and we're just blessed, man, just blessed. Lost for words, for real, lost for words. How does Nick Anderson amongst the confetti? And, of course, the reaction. Here's another video that I played for Steve Barrios. I will play it for Jimmy Orton. I mean, the reaction after that touchdown. Jimmy, I saw the photo of you and your family confetti raining down on you, man. First off, thank you for your time. How are you this afternoon, sir? I'm doing pretty well, guys. Can't complain. (laughs) It's been a road, hasn't it? It's It's been a time. Look, you, you played on the 98 undefeated team. So from that perspective to this team, are there comparisons? Are, is it different or can you can you both co- kind of coexist in, in terms of dotted timelines and two-lane football greatness? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, the only timeline I want to avoid is the one that makes me wait 24 more years for a championship. I'm, I'm not looking to be in my late 60s before I see another one. Uh, Happened so I, um, you, you know, uh, the, it's been so long, and uh, it's been a lot of tough times in between, a few highs, but but mostly lows, and um, just kind of a long time coming. And so I couldn't be happier for these guys, and I don't really have any sense of competition with them. You know, the way our path was a little different. You know, we 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 uh, it became obvious probably after the Southern Miss and Louisville games. We we kind of just marched to the finish line you know we we were winning going away uh whereas you know these guys had to fight and claw um through some really difficult games um down the stretch and i mean you know we didn't play a heisman winner in a story program like usc in 98 so it's kind of a different path and um just equally as great in my mind Jimmy, one of the reasons I wanted you on as well is I followed you on the sidelines, but you've still been a part of the broadcast, very involved in the school, and, and understand, I guess, what it takes to to have to win. Hiring processes from the coaches and all that, man. Can you put into perspective what Willie Fritz has meant? Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've started to sort of gather some of my thoughts. I may put something out there, but, the, the you know, I guess I'll I'll try to frame it this way, Gus. I was so convinced um, from my perch or my vantage point pre twenty twenty two, you know, before before December of last year, when we really kind of started doing what we're doing with the collective and the field the wave network and all that. Um, you know, I was still pretty close to the program, but not as nearly as close as I am now. Right. And my sense at that time was. You know, uh, at moments of despair, you know, if if Willie Fritz can't get over the hump at Tulane, I don't know that anybody could. 
Right. Just because I had a belief in that he he's a you know he's been successful everywhere he's been, but you just look at his processes and the way he he's kind of developed accountability throughout his program, how he runs his roster, the type of kids he recruits, um, just everything's professional from from A to Z in his program. And and if he couldn't get it done, then right. then who could? And uh, as it turns out, he could get it done. <laughs> and 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 in my better moments, I guess. Uh, I really kind of always felt that, but but it, it got frustrating because you know you you felt so close in those three bowl years, particularly COVID year. I mean, you probably should have been eight or nine eight or nine wins that year, competing for a conference championship. I mean, I think we ended six and five mm-hmm. in the regular season, um, and actually lost the bowl game. But um, you know, and then to take the step back from that, you always want to look at that as a building block, uh, and then you start fretting that maybe it was a plateau and then last year kind of fell off the cliff and and really look there were a lot of reasons for that hurricane Ida was certainly one of them but there were there were other bigger issues that had to be addressed uh, but coach fritz as he's always done throughout his tenure has had sort of a he's not he doesn't he's not so stubborn he's not willing to right. um to make changes when they're necessary and he's willing to admit when things aren't going right and, and to and to reevaluate and adjust and he did that and he made some very difficult decisions um but really kind of made some real fundamental changes in his program and and he also turned over leadership to a a really outstanding set of captains and seniors um he gave them more responsibility gave them more buy-in and they took it and ran with it And, and i mean you know speaks volumes of him as a leader to sort of identify what needed to be done and to do it and to do it so flawlessly. You know, he's not afraid to make that tough decision, whether it's coordinators, go out and get players, make changes with, with certain players. He He's always been like that. And I think a lot of it is, is his honesty too, man. How, how close, how close was he to being Georgia Tech's coach? Cause I, th- I think it was real close. And then how it was asked about him, I think was the thing. If you don't know him, then you you don't understand it. But if you do, you completely understand why he turned it now. Yeah, no, I look, I think timing worked out in our favor. Um, you know, he's never told me directly whether he was in fact taking it or not, but, but there was never any chance he would have left these players before um, they played in the conference championship game. And so you kind of <laughs> – Somebody pointed this out to me. Be kind of, I think it was our mutual friend Todd may have pointed out. You know, if 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 Pratt and this offense doesn't make the comeback drive against Cincinnati and we don't play in a conference championship game, what, whether Coach Fritz is even here, you know, I think right. there's a good chance he he may have taken Georgia Tech if if that wasn't there. And that's just from a professional goal standpoint and so forth. I mean, you know, from a guy who played played in division 2 and came up through the JUCO coaching ranks and division 2 coaching ranks and FCS and mm-hmm. now FBS for 7 years at Tulane you know going to the ACC would be another challenge and and, and I'm I'm imagine it had some attraction to him um but but because he had unfinished business with these guys and 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 meeting that goal of a conference championship that the 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 way it was framed uh was never realistic because he was never going to to lead to a ship before before that game. <laughs> Excuse me. Speaking with Jimmy Ordno, member of the '98 undefeated team, uh, Jimmy. So 
you had Michael Brett announce on your podcast that he was coming back. Sincere Hainsworth said it as well. And to see their performances yesterday and then to move forward, though, I guess that's what I look at moving forward. What does it mean that those two guys did decide to come back? And how can Coach Fritz and the school capitalize on the wave of momentum, if you will, and what they need? I mean, you know probably better than anybody. Is it facilities? Is it, you know, more weight rooms? Is it an indoor practice? Like, What is it that they can maybe capitalize right now in making some phone calls? What is it that they need and what's coming along the way down the pipe? Yeah, well, with specific needs, you know, um, I think coaches, you know, there's lots of things, frankly, that Tulane can do. And I think it's a matter of prioritizing uh, what needs to be done. You know, Coach Fritz certainly made it known that he wanted better support for the NIL collective. We've seen that. We've, we've seen Tulane at the highest level sort of um, reach out to us and, and see what can be done. And, and some really good things are happening on that front. But that's that's really giving outside of the university structure. I mean, the, the reality is, and, and Troy Dannon said this to a group of donors in, in Dallas, like, you know, we're, we're, this is big boy, you know, to paraphrase, I don't, he, he said it probably more eloquently than I am now, but, you know, it's, it's big boy football, and, and, yeah. and it's really fun to be in the, the big leagues like this, but, but to, to be there, the price of poker goes up, and that means investment, not only a collective, which is great, you know, but, um, investment in facilities and, and investment in staff. And, um, you know, Tulane has frankly done less with more um, compared to peer institutions. For Well, peer in, as defined by our league mates, um, particularly with when you count Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, which are very well-funded places. Um, you know, just a remarkable job with the amount of staff. I mean, you, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the things – I'll sidetrack for a second, Gus, but to give you an example, um, Shane Myers, director of football operations, was yep. responsible for, you know, a travel party of 350-plus people, plus all the people that kind of came in before the the the, the um, bowl that weekend and, I mean, pulled everything off. I mean, the guy's amazing what he's able to do um, with very little delegation. Courtney Luquette helps him out. Um, but, you know, Shane, it, it took – that win and the celebration that ensued to finally knock him off schedule. Our, our flights out were a little bit later because it couldn't, we couldn't get everybody off the field. But otherwise, <laughs> I mean, it's a, a remarkable what he did. Well, compared to, to to Southern Cal, Southern Cal at the same meeting, Shane's there with with Courtney. You know, there's 12 people doing yeah. that job. For 12 that to team. two, exactly. No, I mean it is. I mean it's just it, look. It's we were talking about it early when Billy Napier went from UL to Florida. He has like, I think, 152 staff. I mean, I mean it's like <laughs> you have the coordinator to the coordinator to the assistant to, of somebody, you know? So, look, man, I think if you, myself, and Graf pulled a little money together, we could probably, you know, sponsor a drinking fountain, you know, or something on nature <laughs> on there. But what do you, what, do you think in terms of facility, what is something that you think could help long run? Is it an indoor facility? I know they have a, a nice relationship with the Saints, to be able to go use theirs inside. Is it that? Is it extending over by where Yolman is? Um, more football offices and space there? What, what do you think is the most needed facility? No, I, I think you probably put your finger on the two most acute needs. I, I, I think football does need its own sort of operation set up where you have expanded weight rooms, expanded locker rooms, and um, 
you know, some of the sort of support structure in place that other places have um, that we're, we're kind of space limited in what we have right now. Uh, Troy Denton does a good job with, of, 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 of helping maximize what we have. We just need more space. We need more, um, we need more of that. And, but I, I think, and, and the indoor facility, yeah, I mean, the, the Saints relationship has been huge for us at the same time, being able to stay on campus, uh, to work inside when you need to, um, and and not incur all the travel expenses. I mean, look, it's several thousand dollars every time you got to charter buses to bring a team down to Metairie, right? Um, that hits your budget, right? That's hard costs. Um, so doing something like that is also important. Now, I think you could probably, you know, is my understanding at least, uh, you can you can get an indoor space or, or a roof or a bubble, whatever. Like you can cover space on campus for indoor practice a lot faster than maybe you can build out a new op center. So how do you prioritize them? I think it's a matter of time and money, right? You got to figure out, okay, and that's for somebody else to decide, coach and Miss Dan and that crew to, to kind of get their heads together and kind of figure out what they want to do first. But, um, you know, you, you could probably get indoor space done in less than a year, but you're probably going to need more than a year to, to, to build an op center and you got to, raise funds for that and all that, and it takes some time to raise the funds to do something like that. So um, I, I think it'll be, the process will be something like identifying what are our pro- most pressing needs are and what time frame we can do it on, and then deciding, okay, this is A and this is B or vice versa. i got to imagine you're going to have a lot more of this, your reflection on the win, photos with the family amongst confetti, man, on your next podcast. How can people listen to it? Well, uh, the Jimmy O Show, man. The Jimmy O Show is on the Fear the Wave uh, network. It's, it's our sort of our online platform. It, it's the um, the the show uh, itself can be watched on YouTube uh, on the Fear the Wave network, um, Fear the Wavecast, or you know you can subscribe to the Fear the Wavecast channel and you get the Jimmy O Show, and you also will get um, a, a audio podcast that Kelly Camarda does um, with. Kind of the same format with interview of players. I mean, this is all player focused in 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 collective driven, um, and so you know you kind of get some insights and in, in, into these guys that you don't get anywhere else uh, through this. And and uh, you know, it, it, I think it's good, but uh, I'm biased, of course. The host, whatever hosting shortcomings we have, it's made up from some pretty interesting guests. Jimmy, appreciate the time, man. I know you're busy. Thank you, bud. All right, Gus. Great talking to you, bud. Yeah, for sure. At JKO68 is the way to give Jimmy a follow over on Twitter. You can see all those links, including the Fear Wave and all of that. Marlon Favorite will give us the Tigers' perspective of a nice Monday. We come back next on ESPN North. It's Gus Kattengell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or Bienview on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams, and you'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. 
With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Are you ready? Stock up and save big now, store-wide at the Lowe's Truckload Event. For a limited time, save up to 50% on select tools and accessories from the brands you trust. And buy a DeWalt 12-inch dual bevel miter saw and get an adjustable stand for free. Plus, get deals on appliances, bath, and more. Head to your local Lowe's or visit Lowe's.com to shop the truckload event today. While supplies last, selection varies by location. Valid 1229 through 111. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond and Buffalo, Maria and Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back. Tulane getting a win and then also LSU getting a win yesterday. I mean, everybody was throwing for passes, and uh, including a receiver. First down and 10 now at the LSU 45-yard line. Neighbors. Motions at the snap. He'll get the handoff. He's looking to throw. Malik throws downfield. Catch made by Lacey at the Purdue 23-yard line. Breaks a couple of tackles inside the 15. Stays up right down to the Purdue 10-yard line. I mean, pick a well, Jaden Daniels in the shotgun. Now Jaden identifies the defensive front. Steps up. Nope. It's going to be a direct snap to Emery, and he'll give it to Neighbors. Neighbors looking to throw a second pass. Throw back to Daniels. Front right corner of the end zone. Touchdown. Fighting Tigers. 42 nothing at that point. It went on to uh, be a very big, big, big win, including uh, pick six. Three wideouts to the left, one to the right. Single back with Albers. That's Leahy. He will release as Albers slings towards the end zone. And on a tip drill, going to be intercepted by Wilson. LSU has it at the one-yard line. Wilson stiff arms a man at the 20. He's got a caravan near side. He's to the 40. Across midfield. Nothing but Tigers in front of him. One man to beat. Cuts inside at the 25. And he will take it to the house. Marlon Favorite joins us to discuss LSU's 63-7 win over Purdue in the Cheez-It. Citrus Bowl at Big Faith 504 on Twitter. Marlon, how are you? Man, feeling good, Gus, man. Happy New Year's, brother. Big time win for the Tigers. Big time win for the Green Wave. The energy was real last night on yesterday. Uh, I, I, I'm ecstatic, brother. I, I'm, I'm excited for, for both these uh, programs ahead. I think when you think about uh, Marlon, that performance in that game, look, we, we talked about it back you know, last week, Purdue was missing their quarterback, their running back, their receiver, their top secondary player, their coach had left to another school. So you knew what they were going to be up against if you're Purdue. And, and Drew Brees was just trying to help out and I guess, you know, do whatever it is that he could there as well. But I, I guess if I'm an LSU fan, that's probably what I wanted to see from that standpoint in terms that 
Brian Kelly and the players leading up to that bowl game talked about how they were going there to to win and, and to prove that they were a good football team and to kind of carry that momentum into next season. That, and that's what they were going there to do, Gus. They, they wanted to show that they were one of the top five schools um, in, in the country. Uh, they wanted to show that, uh, that 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 they were in that spot and they earned and they fought there. And, and it's just a unique season. We were talking about this on the post game last night uh, on on yesterday about the roller coaster ride this was for Coach Kelly and his staff. You know, everything from losing to Florida and New Orleans first game of the season and a big loss to Tennessee, and even at the end, not so much the, the SEC championship, but losing to Texas A&M the way that they did, you, know, uh, you, you look back at that and, and, and see that last performance and how everything, you know, played out, and, and, it, and it just kind of reminds you about not only how good this team is, but, you know, the potential going into the next season. Marlon, when you look at one of the other things that, I guess, uh, got a lot of fanfare, it was not one, not two, three quarterbacks, and then you had a receiver there as well, Malik Neighbors, Walker Howard, Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer, also all-star action. Brian Kelly afterwards said there's no quarterback controversy. Jane Daniels is their starter. He did say Garrett's going to get a chance to compete. I guess does he mean he's going to be able to get a chance to compete for that backup role with Walker Howard? I, I think it's about that. Jane Daniels coming back lets you know that he's going to be that guy. And uh, I, I thought that Hunt made a, a really interesting point last night. The way the climate is nowadays, Gus, with the quarterback, I mean, with, with any with any high-end uh, NCAA player, is the reality of the transfer portal. So not saying that this is an official report, uh, not saying that this is something that, you know, Nussmeyer or anything discussed with his family are publicly released, but it's just the nature of the beat because there two quarterback systems can work and, and you do the nature of the game is you have to compete uh, for a starting job. So Jaden has a responsibility, but you know, when you get a guy that comes back and uh, didn't have to come back to the actual end of the draft to come back, that's a lot to compete with. So that hopefully they can, you know, keep, keep that smile and you mentioned, uh, uh, Howard and, and his, his ability at quarterback too is just if LSU can, can pull that off, that that would be a grand because that that that'll be a, a typical pass. Right, I think something that I, I just it's hard for me to think that all three are, are there. Right, going into the end of next season, there. I mean, I you got to imagine there's, there's there's schools in the SEC that wouldn't mind. I, I just I I have a hard time thinking that that Nussmeyer. I guess days of Jay, if Jaden's the starter, that's just me. It's crazy though, man. There is a large portion of the LSU fan base that wants Garrett Nussmeyer to be the quarterback next year. Um, on the show last week, there were some people saying, Hey, look, that's, you know, they, they weren't that happy about Jaden coming back, which is, is, it's baffling to me because he's up there amongst the best quarterbacks statistically in a season that LSU's ever had. Like he's sandwiched between two Burrow seasons, you know, when, when you look at what he's been able to do and you add coming back next year with a full year under his belt and, and the guy just didn't blink in the big moments, you know, and to have that replace it with, well, hopefully this guy can do that or if this guy can do that. I, I don't know if ifs, is what I want if I'm trying to win a championship. It's no if. It, and, and you're right, Gus. 
we saw what this guy did moving forward. And a lot of that are fans that are, um, they love Louisiana football and, and those guys are Louisiana, particularly how I was a Louisiana guy, uh, born bred. So of course you want to see local flavor, get it. But this is a national game. And when you're playing a national game, you want your best players out there. And Jaden Dang has shown that. He's, he's, he's shown that. Now Gary has shown that. He's worthy as well. Essentially, just you have two starting SEC quarterbacks on one roster, potentially three if you look at the potential for Walker. Um, we know that Brian Kelly recruited him to come to Notre Dame. So it's a lot of – you can look at the politics of the game, but it all boils down to when the camera's on in training camp and we're going through a team run, team pass, and, and all of those different scenarios, right. what, what actually matters. Is is uh is, is, is who who can show up the best and who's consistent and I mean we've seen it throughout the season that that he's that guy uh, and dang. How about for a secondary that you know there's some question marks obviously some guys opted out some guys are going to the draft things of that nature but to see some guys you know get picks he had three in the game and and even one of them in, in that corner of the end zone was solid just a solid read right so to get an understanding too especially what Quad Wilson's what um. Frank's son, so I mean, that had to be a big moment for him. That was big time. That was huge, guys. I, I thought that was one of the highlights of the night. Uh, a kid that transferred from Magnesia with Coach Frank, and and obviously wouldn't getting a whole lot of burn with the talent that they had back there. But for, for him to shine, and it that's all I could think about uh, watching that game, Gus. What did it mean for recruiting in February? What does that mean for guys you can attract in a transfer portal? What does this mean in terms of energy going into summer training? Like all, all, all of that, uh, I thought of seeing that young talent get off. Uh, spoke with Hank Guillory and, and, and Fitzgerald West. He, was, he, he loves crazy about hello somebody. You know that that young man playing center, playing guard, having to move to deep tackle and, and practice uh, at that position because of the numbers being low and, and making sure you had depth. So to, to deal with all of that and that have that type of depth in terms of uh, of talent, man. It's, it's huge, Gus. Marlon Favorite, it can be followed over on Twitter at BigFave504. So that's a wrap to the season, man. What's the one thing you're going to think about when you look at this uh, LSU year? I'm just going to think about Coach, Coach Kelly and his staff almost accomplishing the impossible, right? You, you you look at, we don't think this, this team has the juice to beat Alabama or high and Ole Miss coming in, and we didn't think this team could compete the way they did, did, that they did. So I think looking back at this season is, is how unpredictably good this team could be next year, right? It could go either way. It can, it can, it can be about um, an excellent running game or about, the guys like Malik Neighbors, who's coming back, is going to be our, our receiver number one. So you look at it from every aspect, and you, you have a better better understanding of, of, of how this thing goes. Yeah, see what happens, sir. Uh, next year, I, I'm with you. I think if I had to kind of write a sentence or you know, how would I describe this year, it's just kind of, hey, brought back that, that culture of winning or kind of feeling that they're – they can be competitors. They can they can contend. And then again, man, it's kind of like along the lines I was talking to Steve Barrios and Coach Willie Fritz earlier today in the show. You know, the, the college football playoff is back, man. And I, I don't, I don't. It's coming in two years, so you don't have to 
beat Bama and go undefeated and then win the SEC championship to still be alive. It's a daunting task. I mean, it just is. I know Rafael like, makes fun of us about all the SEC, but it is. I mean, you, you, you have to win your division. You gotta go to Atlanta and you gotta win that game realistically, right? Well, you don't have to now. You gotta be in, in, in the, in the 12, be ranked high enough and, you know, where if you do lose a game in the SEC, don't go to Atlanta. You still can be in that 12, I think, and can contend. So I think it's the one thing that stands out to me that in coaching, man, that like, what a difference coaching makes. And I, that's not to compare or contrast or, you know, I'm just, that looked like a team that by the quarter, by the game, by the week got better. They figured things out. You could see them make, you know, changes and observations and just in game adjustments. I, I, that's the thing to me that stands out. Like coach Kelly is a really good coach, man. And that staff is pretty darn good. They are, and it makes you excited uh, going into the next season, right? Like, we didn't know what to expect. Coach Ed Ogeron leaves. LSU wins the national championship just two years before. Most people are saying 7-5. I don't know if we're going to have a winning season. And we had a 10-win season, Gus. I mean, hello, somebody. That's, I mean, it doesn't, like, like, like sports folks say all the time, it doesn't get no better than that. So I'm just I'm just super excited uh, for, uh, for what, what, what could possibly be. Marlon, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk at the end of this week and wrap up the NFL regular season. Almost time to wrap wrap it up, man. And I want to send the <laughs> prayers out to uh, Hamlin. Yep, his family, man. As you said, uh, that we saw last night. The so, Bills two hours ago family. just tweeted um, he spent last night in the intensive care unit. Remains there today in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. The Bills saying they're grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support they have received. Uh, so far, and Marlon, you've seen the amount of people that have donated uh, to his charity, man. It's, it's now in the millions. It's incredible. Marlon Favorite, Epic Faith 504 is the way to chime into the conversation. Open phone lines next on ESPN New Orleans. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities, victory over setbacks, victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Our very own Alan Yates has never had soup. Mike Tannenbaum. 
What is your favorite kind of soup? Oh, matzo ball soup. Matzo ball is number one. Yeah, see, yeah. I like matzo ball soup. I don't know if it's my number one, but it's good. Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter. Chicken noodle soup, guys. Chicken noodle Chicken noodles, my vote. With a soda on the side, Mike? No soda. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider. Text the Sports Center producers and tell them I got to cancel this segment I got coming up because this is more important. We got to lock in on this soup thing. Your favorite soup? And, uh, clam chowder. Tom Cress, Nikki, 95.3 FM in Tampa Bay. What is your favorite soup? My favorite soup is tomato bisque, guys. I love it. Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show. What's your favorite soup, Paul? Tomato rice. Our very own Alan Yates have never had soup. I think it's weird, Paul. Uh, you know what I mean? Wish my mother was around. She would have fixed him uh, some matzo ball soup. That's oh, right. Yeah. GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. WGNO Sports at Daniels. Give a follow over on Twitter at Willie Fritz one on one. Had a really nice interview with Doc Rivers back on Friday before the Pels and Sixers played. Just texting me, hey, it's 2023. Looking forward to your Cubbies winning the NL Central this year. He didn't do that. He's a Cardinals fan. <laughs> in my in my mind, he did so. Right? That's how it works. That is how it works. Shea uh, Wyatt's tweeting uh, a little bit ago that he is entering the NFL draft and thanking everybody. Of course, Tulane Green Wave winning yesterday. And look, man, if you have a shot to go, you have got to parlay that as much as you possibly can. So Wave fans want to hear from you. If you'd like to chime into the conversation there as well. Andrew Lopez, ESPN, tweeting uh, after practice today that is – Kind of good news, I guess, at some point. Um, Brandon Ingram's doing more in practice, but he's not there yet. Larry Nance didn't do anything in practice on Wednesday. With Coach Willie Green already saying Zion Williamson will not play tomorrow versus Houston. And he said that they're still talking to the doctors and gathering information based on his imaging. So should have an update probably later today. So if that happens before the show, we will find out. A time frame again, uh, Mrs. Professor Lisa, the professor's wife, thinking that you know it could be a week, two weeks, depending on what it is. I mean, you don't know, right? Until the extent is it what level of grade is it serious? Is it all those different aspects of it? But man, just I mean, me, common sense being around sports, you hear hammy, it's at least a week, right? Maybe two. I mean, you look at Pete Werner from the Saints, who's had. You know, hamstring injuries, Lattimore in the past as well. It's just, it's unfortunate the timing because it's not like in the NFL or in college football, you miss a game one to two weeks time in the NBA. You're missing several, right? And when you look at the games and the teams that are coming up, it's just a, it's a real bad time for that to happen. I don't know what else to really say. I mean, you, you head to Memphis on Friday night. You go into the game on Saturday in first place. You, you show up for tip time on Monday, yesterday in Philadelphia in third. I mean, it's just quickly. It happens quickly because it's all jumbled in. It's something that the graph and I were talking about, you know, all season long. So you do have a game and a half on Dallas, by the way. 
Saturday's opponent. The Brooklyn Nets is Friday's opponent. All they've done is won 12 straight. Kyrie Irving looks ridiculous. Durant, they are smoking people. They have won 12 in a row. That's your opponent Friday at the arena. It's sold out. Houston tomorrow, look, they're no slouch. The standings will tell you they're last in the West, and they've lost four straight, one and nine in their last ten. But they're going to score. They're going to shoot. And the problem is, with no B.I., Zion's kind of led you in that. If he doesn't get injured at the end of the third quarter, he had 26, he's probably going for 40 yesterday. I mean, just is. Willie Green after the game yesterday with the obvious. Yeah, that, that was extremely difficult. Um, it was right at a pivotal moment during the game. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get some imaging and look at him, but hopefully he's okay. Um, but it was, you know, tough loss for us. Jackson Hayes yesterday. It's real tough uh, whenever somebody like Z gets hurt or he has to step out the rest of the game. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that literally it's the best out but yeah. I mean, like, what are you going to say? I, I get it. Others have to step up. And I think the Grafton post game yesterday said it best. We understand the um, next man up mentality. There is no next man up that's like Zion. And what he's been doing specifically, what I mean by that is the assist, the rebounds, the defensive plays that he was doing, and, of course, initiating and providing offense. So with that gone, it it was almost, I wouldn't say a guaranteed to, but most of the time he's driving into the paint. I mean, Ali Cosell had an, an interesting um, text uh, or tweet specifically about the amount of times that Zion drove in the paint yesterday. I saw that earlier today. And what what he touched on was when you see him go in the paint, more often than not, it's not only just going to be points, but it's going to essentially be free throws at the very minimum as well. So somehow, some way that's that's gotta you know come from somewhere. So we'll see how long he's going to be out of action. But it'll be um it'll be a tough task coming up on Friday and Saturday and even tomorrow as well. And again, when you look at the rest of the schedule for the Pelicans in the next two weeks. Look, the month of January, 12 of 16 games are on the road. So that's going to be harder as it is. And you know this, right? I mean, home courts, the role players play better, and they're not easy teams, right? You got Houston, Brooklyn, Dallas. Then Monday you're at Washington, and this is the um pretty decent road test here. So at Dallas, at Washington, at Boston on Wednesday the 11th, at Detroit the 13th, at Cleveland, and all Donovan Mitchell did yesterday was drop 71 for the Cavs on Monday the 16th. Then the 18th, you come back for one game, host Miami. Tyler Hero, I mean, again, just you need scoring. You need some shooting. And then you come home. uh, That's at Miami. And then you come home and face Denver. Minnesota, Washington on January 24th, 25th, 28th. Then you're at Milwaukee, at Denver, at Dallas. Host the Lakers, host the Kings or no slouch, host Atlanta, host Cleveland. 
at OKC at the Lakers All-Star break. So they're about to be tested pretty good. And you got to get Brandon Ingram back soon. I mean, I, if, if he, if he's out another two, three weeks and signs out another two, three weeks, it, it's going to be very, very tough for this team to beat teams that are healthier and have more scoring and have more depth. So, um, hopefully it does not turn into a, a long gated losing streak. I still have faith and hope in them and there still is a lot of talent, but that you're starting to really, really tax players that aren't you know, walk out of bed, 20-point players. Walk out of bed, three, four, five threes. So it's great when Trey Murphy, Jose, Najee, Billy can provide a big night off the bench when you're asking them to be primary scorers, primary defenders, primary, you know, shot creators. It's it's going to be taxing on them. That's all. So Kind of stinks from that standpoint. Again, bad timing. Hopefully he doesn't have to be out nearly that long and it's not a bad hamstring strain on the right side. But again, he didn't, uh, he's already been ruled out for tomorrow. You would expect that already because that would only be two days. So let's see if we can get him back at least sooner rather than later. But if he's gone a week or, or two, it's going to be a couple of games here. So that's why I gave you the, the, you know, the outlook. So. Two weeks, you're looking at Monday the 16th, maybe hopefully back, maybe here at home against Miami on Wednesday the 18th. That that would be two weeks. One week, get him a little closer to where a week from tomorrow, it's at Boston. A week from Friday, it's at Detroit. Two weeks from today, it's Cleveland on the road. So that kind of gives you a time frame. Houston, Brooklyn, Dallas, Washington, Boston, Detroit, Cleveland's two weeks from yesterday. Quick break. We come back. We'll put a bow on the show. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Do you want a free Easy Go golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle to get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads. If your business needs serious hustle, our internet has plenty. Switch to Rev Business All Fiber Internet with fiber optic velocity close to the speed of light. Sign up and get three months free and 30% off. Build your plan at letsrev.biz. Let's Rev. Whoever said you can't have it all, never had internet that could do it all. Switch to Rev. No contracts, no data caps, no nonsense. It's the high-speed internet you need. Build your plan at letsrev.com. Let's Rev. Simply free. Don't those two words go together nicely? Especially when they describe the very best in daily money management. At SL Bank, our Simply Free checking account provides you the tools you need to manage your account and to make life a little easier. Want to know more about Simply Free checking? Just talk with us today at SL Bank. Member FDIC. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. 
for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. It's been shooting. Time to 